Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Private Parts. I'm here with my friend Grace today. We wanted to warn you before the episode starts. Just to let people listening know, we will be talking about sexual violence and rape at points during this episode. So if that's going to make you uncomfortable, don't feel that you have to listen. And if you are feeling triggered by anything we talk about in the episode, we're going to leave a link for a helpline, which you can call in the description of the episode. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to... Hey, what is a... It's a bonus episode, but I feel at the moment we're just making such... <laughs> dare I say I think we're making such great content that actually every episode is just... Not even a bonus, just a episode. Um, and today is even more special because we have my great friend Grace Campbell on the podcast. You may know Grace. She's a stand-up comedian. Um, she is an author... Uh, and she's one of the most hilarious, open, honest people that I know. She's been on before. She's coming again. Her tour's coming up. Um, she does some hilarious videos with her dad, Alistair Campbell, um, if you know who that is. Um, and anyway, it's just a really fun, fantastic chat. It gets a lot serious as well, um, but hopefully you enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoy the bonus episode. Uh, and Grace, my buddy, thank you for coming on. So wait, hang on. Is it so? It's what is so? What are the? Or is that a football tune? One one eight, one one eight. We're trying to find one, out. One one eight. This is my voice is no, so fucking monotone. One one eight, one one. We're trying to it's work. It's definitely out, not that. It's it, what it's. We're trying to work out these old school adverts at the moment. Grace thinks <laughs> one one eight, one one eight, one one eight, one one eight. No, it's what I'm saying. It's not. Somebody Google it. Someone Google it right now. One one eight, one one eight. One one eight. It is one one eight. Here we go. That's Ghostbusters. This isn't the one I was thinking. Of. One one eight. No, there there was there was a, there was an advert for one one eight one one eight one one eight one one eight. Oh my god, I can't believe we're starting it this way. Anyway, one of them was the one I'm doing, and it's about these two blokes. <laughs> would run around the place with, with hair that looks like mine hair that look you, like yours yeah. and vests on mm. and they're saying one one eight what I don't, know, I don't know what it did i have no clue what it did it was um i think you'd call up and you'd be like hey like what is jamie like <laughs> what is he and then they'd what? be like i actually don't know we, we've never heard of him <laughs> we don't, even, we don't <laughs> actually know i'm actually not about? sure <laughs> I actually used to get trolled by 118118. <laughs> um, no, nothing coming up in the search engine. <laughs> and I'd be like, I know that you're searching there, like, let me do it again. Yeah. Uh, nope, nothing. Absolutely nothing. I actually phoned up, I went to a festival once. Well, it wasn't even a festival, it was a friend's party in Devon. That's how you know your friends are so rich <laughs> that you just accidentally called one of their birthday parties a festival. <laughs> are you was, for real? It was, it was <laughs> Literally. <laughs> It was in the, it was in Devon, uh-huh. in, near Budley Sultan. Okay. And I phoned 118 at like four in the morning. <laughs> Being like, can you die from weed? <laughs> <laughs> Is it possible to die <laughs> from a weed? <laughs> from a weed. <laughs> oh my God. I have a friend of mine who, um, he, he, he takes mushrooms all the time. And he phoned me up the other day to ask if people can die from mushrooms. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> You're calling the wrong person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't know, man, but it makes sure you haven't taken the ones that last forever. 
That's the <laughs> worst thing to say to someone that's like tripping out on mushrooms. <laughs> Just make sure you haven't taken the ones that last forever. I've got this bit in my show about yeah. um, when I was younger, my mum, like, and I used to go to loads of festivals, actual festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mum used to say to me, like, don't do acid because there was a girl, which she, she used to claim there was a girl when she was growing up in North London who took acid and then for the rest of her life thought she was a glass of orange juice. <laughs> <laughs> and my mum used to say that like to put me and my friends off of taking acid <laughs> and I used to be like sounds kind of nice <laughs> yeah, enough, yeah. I'm dressed as a glass of oranges today <laughs> oh god you're not after the trip <laughs> it was you all the time it was you all the time <laughs> oh god okay. it's the same one though. it's the same story about this guy right he, who went um <laughs> Oh, he's had the story. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Can't be true. But the guy, they, everyone's at this party, and there was a guy who like had no idea of social awareness, and he's going up to people, and he was like, "This guy's pretty weird." And one of them person said, "No, just just leave him." They said, "Why?" He said, "Well, he went to a party once, and he put loads of ass tabs of acid in his pocket, and thought he was being chased by the police, so he ran off, and they all melted into him, and now he thinks he's a teapot." <laughs> I love when you hear those constantly. stories and people like that are still going to parties. <laughs> oh, like no. you'd think you'd be like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> I'm a teapot. Like oh, I can't God. go to another fucking rave. Honestly, why do people keep going? No, it's mad. If well, you... I guess if you're a teapot, like what else can you do but go to a rave? <laughs> God. <laughs> Thinking you're a teapot. No, I know. <laughs> That is... That's like GCSE drama. <laughs> we used to have this teacher that'd be like, me and, me and my best friend Anne used to do drama, this drama like class outside of school. Mm. And she'd be like, pretend that you are the water in a toilet. And then everybody would be like swishing around. And we were like, fuck this. Go and have a cigarette outside. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Valentine's Day this week. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, party time. So, so talk to me. What are your plans? <laughs> I've got none. If in case you were wondering, you've got none. No, I don't. I mean, I am going on like quite a lot of dates at the moment. Yeah, talk to me about this. None of them are people that I want to spend Valentine's Day with. You, you said this to me though. You just said you feel really happy at the moment. I feel really happy at the moment. That's really. Amazing. Somebody asked me today when was the last time you cried, and I can't remember. Why do you think you're so happy at the moment? Because I'm not seeing anyone. <laughs> do you think that's what it is? I don't think it's strictly that, but I think um I'm so I, I think I've gone I've really had some breakthroughs since I Okay, come and get Thank you so it. much for having me back, by the way. Oh my god, dude, you I get, appreciate I, I, it so much. Oh my god. I can't believe it. I'm so You're the pri- greatest privileged and, and blessed. Oh my god, no, you you <laughs> I'm blessed. <laughs> you are blessed. You Because I haven't seen you for such a long time. Yeah. I haven't spoken to you. Since I did your book launch thing. Oh my God. Do you remember that? Yeah, but that was... That was ages ago. I, I tell you what's happened to me recently is that I got engaged. That was full on. Did tw- you really? I, yeah, I, I hadn't that. heard. I don't think anyone has. <laughs> um, been planning this wedding. Don't know if anyone knows that. And also, <laughs> I've been doing this radio show on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And so I honestly just don't... Like, I feel... I'll, I'll be honest. With you, I feel quite separated from like people mm. at the moment. I feel like this is disconnection. And sorry to make it all about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're fine, right? No, I'm, I'm Grace, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> yeah. well, whatever, man. Just listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Right. I uh, at the beginning of this year. Anyway, I can't. No, but do you see like what? Like, do you see this as so? Do you see this as connecting with people? Uh, Not because it's still work, but like 
because I sort of feel like at the moment I don't have mu- a huge amount of a personal life because my personal life has been become so intertwined with work in that like uh, a lot of the work I'm Everybody's doing is about well. dating or like going on dates and stuff. One of the projects I'm working on is me going on loads of dates. So now like actually my dating life has become a job. So it does feel a bit like it's it's sort of, yeah. Let's okay. I, I I'm so with. You. I'll take this in stages with you, and then we can get back to your dating life. So I'll tell you. So beginning of the year, we got a dog, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, became like really anxious over this dog. I think, but I think what actually it was is I was obviously anxious before mm. New Year's like came along, and but I just been working, working, working. So until you stop, you don't realize how you're feeling. You know? Do you ever get that? Yeah, hundred percent. Well, you suddenly stop. So I stopped, and then I felt like really anxious. The anxiety didn't go. And I think it was because lack of connection. Mm. I had been doing work and I was like f- speaking to friends on phones or whatever. And everything was content like you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wedding stuff was content. Yes. Um, speaking That's what to I friends mean. was content. Yes, everything. exactly. And so it became this sort of like content space. Sophie and I then like argued like a little bit about it. And she said, everything is work to you. Nothing is like mm. real in your life. And I went, really? She said, yeah, nothing is. You need to start reconnecting. And so slowly over the past like month, I've been reconnecting and actually it's been much better. Yeah, I think because it's the same with like the second you got engaged and then you're you're making that. It's like what I'm talking about, about my dating life. It almost mm. feels like I'm commodifying my personal life yeah. so much that then I like lose actually like the intimacy with it. So then I like, actually, it, it's, it's a really a sort of weird space to be in. But I think it's good that you are going to sort of figure Notice that out. I mean, and then also with the dog, right? It's probably that your anxiety... Because uh, we we both have bad anxiety, which is one of the reasons we originally <laughs> like got on. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I actually had to. Are we said, but I actually had to. I Grace and I became buddies, and I phoned her up, and I was like, I'm feeling really shit. And, and you were like, firstly, thanks for calling me. Like, <laughs> I know we'd met we met once. I was like, wow, I really had such an imprint on this guy. <laughs> <laughs> fuck is this guy ringing me no but i love Chris, that i feel fucking anxious yeah. you were so anxious and then do you know so what anxious. you felt better never called me again <gasps> that's actually do you know what it's fair I, picking and picking up like that and 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 helping me and stuff and then not reaching back in any way that's actually a, that's on me right there <laughs> no it's fine Don't that worry. is totally on me too many friends but it's, it, a, but it's actually fine but if you were ever to phone me and i and i would yeah I wouldn't. But I just up. haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I would perhaps if. I would always pick up. Thirty-eight like other them. people weren't answering. <laughs> thirty-eight. <laughs> Where no, was I'm my joking. thirty-eight? I'm just for the lack of no, connection. No, you know what the point is. The point yeah. is, is that because we had just had this really big conversation about anxiety, and that was obviously fresh in your mind, mm-hmm. and then your anxiety was really bad, and I have had such bad bouts of anxiety in my life and have done so much therapy that I'm glad I can help anyone and talk to anyone if they're in any kind of a crisis because you know otherwise why did my parents pay for all that therapy it would have been a huge waste of money it's me giving back but you but you said okay you're not dead because typically when when we've ever hung out you're all you've been upset or broken a yes. little bit by relationships the last time when we did your um book launch I remember I was going through yeah horrific time a really horrific period with someone who is not no longer in my life. And before that, when you were doing the podcast. And before that was another breakup. Yeah. So so I think the last few years before this year were just characterized by not, listen, they weren't all bad. Like my relationship with my ex-boyfriend in so many ways was like absolutely brilliant. It just didn't work out. 
But it was characterized by, and this is what my show that I'm about to tour is about, is as soon as I went through that first breakup, I was so desperate to not be alone that I was like seeking male validation in situations that weren't actually worth my time. Mm. But I was ending up feeling like completely sort of useless and insecure all the time and just doubting myself constantly. And it was just terrible for my mental health. I mean, it was it was horrendous. And now that I'm like alone. How bad, how bad? I mean, so bad, like. <laughs> When I think now, you know, because now I'm in such a stable place and I like can't really imagine dating someone right now, but not even that long ago, I would be known to send a man like 30 WhatsApps, like if they weren't replying to me, like message after God. message after message after message. Saying what? And it would escalate. Like it would be me like saying every word that I was thinking of and it was escalating because I was getting more rolled up. And then I'd pause for like two minutes and maybe like have a Diet Coke and like get some like actual, like not Diet Coke, maybe like a full fat Coke and get some <laughs> sugar in my body. So to re and then be like, oh my God. And then I'd go and quickly like delete like all of the messages. And then it was just like, Grace has deleted like 35 messages. <clears throat> and then they'd come back and be like, what did you delete? And I'd be like, oh, sorry, it wasn't for you. <laughs> but what, what, why? Okay, hold on, let's just break that down. Where does that... That that's but that's initial it's impulsive. impulsive response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Which is because never I good. think I think like it, it's never good. It's never good. I think when you are maybe um my therapist, I don't need therapy anymore, but she used to say this thing, it was called um uh, not regulating your emotions. So if you haven't regulated your emotions properly, it's like in those moments, I was so disconnected from reality where now I know on reflection that doing that would have never helped me get what I wanted in that no, situation. No, it pushes away almost. Never ever gets you what you want. It, it just drives them absolutely mad. And I've done that, I have done that to a lot of men. I mean, look, it's, it, has, it hasn't actually pushed men away, but it drives them mad and then they start to resent me, but like stay with me. Um, which isn't good, but so it's a real good combo, right? There. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Staying with you, such but a great foundation for a relationship. <laughs> but staying with you. <laughs> But always having leverage because always being like, you're so annoying. So yeah. like then always having leverage with So me. you're constantly scrabbling. So I'm constantly like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm insane. I'm insane. Um, and yeah, I think th th it sort of started 2020 and then 2021, it sort of, uh, basically each relationship I had with the man in the last two years has taught me something. And now I'm at a point where I really feel so much more secure in myself and also really sure of what I want. And I have much higher standards now. It's really interesting, like how quickly I'll just end it with someone if they really, yeah, if they. That's amazing. It's amazing. That yeah. having that having that respect and power within yeah. yourself is because most people don't have that. Yeah, well, but I didn't. I mean, I literally didn't. Like in like a famous way, like my friends would be like, "What are you doing? Still seeing this guy who like won't even commit to you, who's treating you like shit." But now, I mean, like I was talking to someone from a dating app recently and then like we were meant to meet one day, he canceled and I was like, you've got one more chance. I don't like flakes. And then the second time he also canceled and I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, and it was a shame because I was like, I was like looking forward to meeting him, but I was like, I have to stand by this thing of like, that that's a red flag to me because people that are flaky. You, look, <laughs> I know I said one more chance. This is your last chance. <laughs> Just again. Okay, yeah. look, we're playing doubles days. <laughs> so I'll give you one more chance. <laughs> That's what happens. 
Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they're like, please. And I'm like, okay, say please again. (laughs) Beg me. But if we were, we've done. I think we've done this. But I want to, because I want to. I can't remember what you said. If we were going to, firstly, why don't you do therapy anymore? Oh, because I, I don't feel I need to. Yeah, I feel like I've completed it. I'm healed. No, I'm joking. I, I felt so not to bring the the. Uh, the tone down a bit but bring it down we like this okay so i was raped last year did, did you not see my article in the guardian grace i i saw something but i i i, I oh my god that is so horrific it's Dude. fine i've spoken about it so many times today oh my I, i'm that doing was... press for my talk <laughs> <laughs> not just like on the tube <laughs> anyway that was such a curveball no i know i love to do that <laughs> oh my god it's a real i love change. to do that it's a real skill of mine Okay. But it's fine. Dude, Listen, I'm fine. Fuck? Don't worry. Don't worry. I'm fine. But I did write a really good article in The Guardian about it, which came out in the summer, last summer. Anyways, it happened in America, right? I was in America. Oh, yeah. Um, in Vegas, actually. And I came back from America. And what was really interesting about that whole point, the reason I mentioned that and did throw a curveball is because you asked why I'm not doing therapy anymore. Mm-hmm. When I came back, I did such an intense amount of therapy, two types of therapy. I did a type of therapy called EMDR, which is really specific to trauma, mm-hmm. and then carried on like doing the therapy that I was in. And it was really weird. Last January was when I was broken, like absolutely broken, was so scared I'd never trust the man again, just felt like all, all was, everything that was happening with men just repeatedly, I was being like hurt and disrespected and kind of, you know, not comparing like men that I was seeing to like, rapist at all but i just felt like constantly sort of unsafe yeah anyway so i i went it was it was like really like <laughs> you know when you see like when chloe kardashian used to do that like revenge board but i did that with like my mental health i basically was like i'm going to change myself and i'm gonna make myself <clears throat> the person that on that the, then all of those people that i've been with would mm. have loved to have been with right mm. because the only downside of me was how irrational I was and how unregulated my emotions were. And that was why I kept staying in situations for too long. And then maybe like after what happened in America, I was just so desperate for men to validate me that I was going back to like situations that just weren't worth my time. So I decided like really drastically like to sort of, I don't know, like like break through all of that. And I did like so much work on myself. And then I got to the summer of last year, my best friend turned to me, Jack, and he was like, I think you're healed. And I was like, I think so too. What? And it was like, in six months, I didn't date anyone. I didn't have sex with anyone. I basically had no contact with men for three months, like apart from my dad and Jack. Um, cold turkey. Yeah, completely. I treated it like it was an addiction. And I was like, then when I when I reintroduced sex, because in the past when bad things have happened with sex, I've gone on like a fucking like, uh, like what's the word? Self-destruction. Just shagged so many people <clears throat> to sort of like take, myself away from my body and and hopefully because of wow. something bad that someone had done I'd go and have sex with someone else and hopefully that would make me feel better and this time I was like I'm not doing that because again that's how I kept getting into these really unhealthy situations and so three months not no contact like no contact with men how hard was that it was once it started I was like oh my god because it's kind of the feeling I'm describing now um which is like wow like I feel so much better you have control yeah exactly and also I was I was starting to learn I keep saying this but like how to regulate my own emotions without like sending a man 15 messages demanding their attention I was starting to like self-soothe which is what you describe when you're like Mm. when you have a baby um 
And so, and then Jack like said that to me, it was in May last year. And then I said that to my therapist and she was like, I agree. And I was like, so do you think I need to like, do you think I need to come here anymore? And she was like, honestly, like, I don't think you need to. And I think, you know, you're spending what? money, you know, I was spending my own money going to see her. So I was yeah. like, do you know what? Maybe I'm not going to. And it's been, yeah. That is insane. Yeah, but I, I really <clears throat> did treat it. It was like last, the first half of 2022 was almost like, like the only thing that was important to me was getting what I had to do done work-wise and then just my head. I was like, I have to just sort out my head. Just, I, let's uh, unpack this a little bit. Dude, I, firstly, I am so sorry you went through that experience and I didn't even reach out to you. I didn't see it. That, that is... I know, God. The, the character uh, painting we're getting of Jamie here is just like... Bad yeah. friend. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly, I, no wonder you're lacking in connection. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel anxious about myself. And then, damn. I mean, no, honestly, don't, please don't worry about I, that. I, no, like, listen, please. But also, like... No, I did not expect that from anyone. But anyway. but, but I suppose the, uh, the pretty glorious thing about you is uh, that you, you're happy to share anything and everything, which I think is a really bold and confident. I love that about you. But... Uh, you know, experiencing something like that is um, immensely traumatic. How on earth do you get yourself out of that situation mentally, physically, like all those kind of things? How well, it, it's, re it's really hard. And I really feel for people who don't have the resources that I had in that period that I just described because I could afford to do EMDR, I could afford to do therapy. You know, I really, I'm doing some work with like in my local area in North London at the moment around this to try and get funding for young people who have been like sexually assaulted. It really, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't be where I am unless I'd have been able to, to do that. And also I wouldn't be in this space unless I had like the friends that I've got. Um, because it really, you know, it was just, I've got the most brilliant friends in the entire world. And I, it's, it sounds really boring and like braggy now when I say it, but in situations like that, it was just like, I was so looked after and I felt so safe again by women. Um, yeah, that's because you're a good friend. Cause, yes. Cause you, you, and and uh, as much as you have in the past, like downplayed yourself, you, I think you would always back yourself up and go, I'm a pretty- No, I, and my mom always says that. Cause my mom's always like, it's crazy how many like best friends yeah, I You're have. very popular. But yeah. she was like, it's because, you know, it's not like they are just giving to you. Like I have that many really close friends because, you know, I, it's a give and take relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I am like a really, you know, and that's kind of, yeah, it's really important to me, I think, to be a good friend. It totally is. Um, this person in America, uh, I mean, what's happened there? Well, this is what my um, article in The Guardian was about, was about why I didn't go to the police. Yeah, that's why, why didn't you? Because of, well, because of so many reasons. I mean, look at what happened to that, um, the football player yeah, that got yeah. off last week. Like, n nothing happens. So until that changes, I would never go to the police. If I was raped tomorrow, um, I mean, it depends on how much sort of, quote unquote, evidence there is, but you would it, it would be really a struggle to convince me to go to the police. It really would. Because what you have to go through for then the fact that 1% of alleged rapists get convicted, it's 1%. I mean, it's just absolutely obscene. And then what you have to go through personally and emotionally and what your family has to go through, I, I just, I couldn't, and also I was in America. And then also on top of that, my entire job is talking about how much of a slut I am. Like, that's what I do. Like, that's my profession. I'm like sex positive, whatever. Mm. 
this is what the piece was about. And that's why I just felt I, I couldn't do that because I just didn't want that to be used against me. And I stand by that. And I, I completely know I made the right decision because I've got friends who have gone through that and it's it's just hell. And then like you wait a year, a year and a half for the trial to oh, even so happen. Over you and and they're, they're out while the, you're waiting for trial. They're just like out and about. And then the tri trial, the court case, whatever. I don't think the tri trial is mm. more dramatic. Yeah, court, but the court but case. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And then they don't even go to prison. And then you've spent, you know, so until that changes, wow. which is the bigger problem, right? We should never ask people, why didn't you go to the police? You should never do that. Not like to say that to, to you, but you should never do that because it puts too much on onus on us and not enough onus on the fact that why don't you wonder why we don't? Because of all of these facts, nothing ever happens. And that's the thing that like, it will be my life's work, honestly, to change it because it makes me just beyond depressed. Because as long as people get away with raping, so many other sort of power structures will carry on existing. Oh my God. But it's I know, like, God, it's, I started so funny. Didn't no, I? but it's so important. But dude, it's so important. Oh my God, you've got to talk about these things because otherwise what, you don't talk about it and then mm. you just, you're just sort of stuck with these emotions. I didn't. I, I. I don't know the legality around it. I, I. I. What I do know is that like it's very hard to convict anyone mm. of, of sexual assault or mm. rape or whatever. It well, is. because it's like. Well, the thing is, it isn't. It isn't because like. You know, if you compare it, to the, there's like always an analogy around going floating around social media with like a burglary, right? So if you get like robbed, and your possessions have gone, and there are like fingerprints everywhere. And that is what being raped feels like, right? It, it feels the violation, like you are being robbed. Like it feels mm. like they, they're taking something away from you. But because of like the muddy waters, which I, I mean, of consent, it's really like, I don't believe this, but people claim it's really hard to prove. But my personal feeling, which is why it just un it unsettles me so much when, for example, like these high profile footballers like get off. Mm. And then you see people on Twitter being like, well, he's been proven innocent now, so no one's allowed to say that he's a rapist because he's been proven in proven innocent. And then they love to sort of put it on the woman for lying. But for someone to like go out in such a public domain and say that they were raped and put like, you know, friends, family, like I've just said, like really in, into this space that's very vulnerable. I just can't imagine doing that if mm. it didn't happen. Like, I know, I know. and obviously, yeah, maybe a tiny amount of people do. But the fact is, most people who go out and say that, are, it's because they are reeling from the trauma and they want justice, what's happened to them. And it just makes me so like angry and jarred how many people will always sort of step out and say all these, all these reasons to sort of justify why the man probably isn't guilty. Oh my God. So. <sighs> It's a, it's a complete minefield out there yeah. that, that you have to go through. I know. Again, talking about having kids, because we were saying getting a dog is like put <laughs> us off having children. But when I think about this stuff, I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine having a daughter and like letting <sighs> them go out <sighs> and not just being so anxious the entire time. When I leave my dog with like anyone else, I'm worrying the whole time that she's eating a rock and she's going to choke. <laughs> <laughs> she loves eating rocks. It's so weird. What? Yeah, it's so weird. She doesn't eat rocks. She eats rocks. She, like she eats rocks. She tries to eat rocks. Yeah, she obviously can't, but she she brings rocks in from our garden, she's, and she's like she's gnawing away at rocks. It's fucking weird. <laughs> and then we'll like randomly throw up, and I'm like, wonder why. <laughs> oh my God. Grace, what did your what do your parents say about 
that that whole experience um well they they are very supportive about the whole thing i mean i think when i wrote the article they were quite anxious about the whole thing so i think they worried I think they have been in the media for much longer than I have. And also they were in the media when it was maybe a bit, it was a bit more about like what journalists thought. And like, they were worried that I was going to get some shit, right? And and perhaps, and also they were probably worried because you, what they, their experience was is that you can't get your truth out. It's very much up to them, but now with social media and stuff like that, you can. Yes, extend, exactly. You can talk Because they're from that more. generation, which, you know, is interesting if if we're talk if we're talking about like how you're saying earlier, I'm very like open, right? Mm. Obviously, p- people have been like that forever, um, but because of the internet now, it's actually really easy for me to be like that because I'm in control of everything I'm totally, saying. Yeah. Same you're in with stand up, yeah. you're completely in control. Like people are always say, like, "Oh my god, you're so vulnerable." I'm like, I'm actually not. I'm really deciding what it is that you hear about me. Like, I, it's it's not calculated, but like there are things that I'm holding back because I don't want you to know them. And that's like, I get to decide that, which is amazing. And I think what, what what my parents were worried about when I wrote the piece was, you know, because they're like, they used to be journalists, they are journalists technically, both of them, but they were worried about sort of how it was going to look, I think. But because I wrote the piece for the people who would have said all of the bad things about me, it was basically written, it was like, it's a sort of argument as, of why someone like me would never go to the police. And because of that, I didn't get a single bad comment. Do you know what's funny? I, you, you know my sister, my sister Emily, yeah. right? Yeah. So she had an experience which she was vocal about. She hadn't, and I yeah, didn't. You know, I went on her podcast. Yeah, I yeah, know, we I spoke know. about it. I, I actually haven't listened to that episode, and I, and uh, my sister may listen to this. Um, I'm so protective over her, and and we and my sister and I, you know, for anyone who is listening, is my sister. Uh, you know, she's had she's had her her issues, and she would be admitted about it, admit what she's been through. And she's been on the podcast here, and she, you know, she had a problem with alcohol and all these things, and she was drinking a lot to cover a lot of things up, and you know, and it's and I'm protective of her to the point where almost I can get angry at her sometimes. That's because I'm so protective, and that's not a good thing for me. And when she spoke about her experience with sexual assault, I, uh, as her brother. I didn't really know how to react. And so I almost became angry about the situation. And she then wrote a sort of um, article about it. And I found it pretty tricky mm. to digest. I didn't like it. Mm. And I almost said, what your parents do is I was just worried about her. Because mm. you, you almost I got, think like, is this really right? Is it not instinct, right? Though. It's weird. That's it, a no, weird but it's thing. It's a natural instinct. I think... You know, even now, I literally a minute ago, I was like, "Shit, should I have even started talking?" Because then, you know, you, even uh, you why, worry. Why? But why? You because worry? I worry because various reasons, and it's and it's something that is bullshit. But I worry like, oh shit, I came on today to see you, but also to promote my tour. Yeah, but we can and get. And suddenly, I brought the vibe really no, down. No, but we can get. But no, I know. But, but but so what I'm in. saying is, it is a natural. It is a knee jerk response for you, for my parents, for even me and Tani to be like, "Is this the right thing to do?" Because they're tricky topics to talk about. And also because there are a lot of people out there who are fucked and who will say like fucked things. And and, and so there are so many people that exist like that, that it's natural for you to be protective of her and not want mm. any anyone to say anything and bad. I don't want anyone to know because if people then know more, if more people know, then I'm like, oh my God, what? I can't help it from all these other people. Yeah, and, and it's yeah but the point is the more people that know, the better because... I mean, I I have seen like since I wrote that piece, it was ma- it was honestly mad. I was in Edinburgh doing the Fringe, and um, it came out like four days into my run, 
Were you nervous about it or no? I, I was I, I was nervous, but I did not anticipate what was going to happen. So I'd gone out the night before it came out. It was like, um, I got home at like five in the morning. <laughs> Such a good idea. Yeah, it's a really good well, idea. like an, a rape article coming out tomorrow. <laughs> Let me just wake up really fresh. <laughs> I've got a big thing to worry yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just gonna get. So uh, I'd slightly, yeah, but it's so cl classic me. Like I'd sort of done that because I then I got up at twelve, turned my phone off airplane mode. And oh my god! I can't Jamie, even genuinely, imagine. I can't even imagine hundreds of messages from people I haven't spoken to in like ten years, family, friends, people I don't. I got that day in one day. I got six thousand DMs on Instagram. It was absolutely insane. From and people then relating to your story. From people being like, this is what happened. Like, thank you so much. Wow. This is what happened to me. Wow. There was a day, sorry, that day where I was walking to my show from my flat in Edinburgh, which is like a 10 minute walk. And I got stopped by four different girls who were like, thank you so much. And like one of them started crying and I was like, I'm so sorry, but like I'm on my way to my show. <laughs> really? And it's like an hour of stand up. <laughs> I love you, but I just can't do this right now. <gasps> because it's it was just, it was very overwhelming. I could not have predicted like what it was gonna be like, but it was amazing. Did you, did you like the response? I love I loved it. But again, I had that instant thing of like, oh my God, do people like not find me funny anymore? Because God, you're, you're the way your brain, can I just say, great, you're, the, you're possibly one of the funniest people I know. And I'm not just saying that to make you feel better. Just, you need to know that now. Let's you, get that bit for social. Yeah, let's let's that, get that clip. Let's get that for bit. social. I, I, I want, I promise, the reason, you know, the reason why, as soon as you said you want to come back, I was like, 100%. And the reason why you've interviewed me on stage and the reason why I've like tussled in the idea, whenever I talk about, oh, I know, Alex Mitten, who his name goes, I'm always like, oh, I could get Grayson to co-host me. It's because you're you're just so naturally funny, and you're you're comedic funny in the sense when you go on stage, you're hilariously funny, but you're also just naturally funny. So you got to get all of that out of your head. The fact that you had an experience which you couldn't um, have done really much about, and it's a mm. horrific experience to go through, doesn't take away your humor or your comedy or anything to do with that. That's just I a know it uh, totally, but I think it's I. I mean, I completely agree. I have to say it to myself all the time because I think it's such a, especially for women in comedy, it's a natural thing to be like, oh my god, because I just want to be funny over anything else. Because what if people are like, oh, all she does is like talk about like like being raped. It's it's ridiculous. It's completely in my head, but it's also like a result of like an industry that I think makes women feel like being vulnerable is still a bit of a weakness. And that's mm. not like, I mean, there are so many comedians like who have changed that way before, like what I'm doing now. But I think that's what, what I get like a bit concerned about. It's basically men. Men are the problem. Do you, what, are you, <laughs> <laughs> men are dicks. They're the worst. They <laughs> Honestly, the worst. <laughs> Honestly, they are so fucking would, weird. Would, are you? Are you? <laughs> would you? You? But but how then do you? Now you've written articles. Surely that's the type of thing that you wouldn't approach that in your comedy, or do you approach that in your comedy? No, I don't really. I have a sort of very bit too short, two minute bit in the show that I'm doing about why I like what I wish men would do differently, like more generally. But I don't talk about what happened to me. But yeah, because I, but I have a, a, a few sort of jokes about like you know why I don't why I think men shouldn't rape women. Yeah. <laughs> it's really fun because there is a, there is a <laughs> God I, I do. Honestly, out of nowhere. Like, rich. Thank God it was. Thank God it's me and you. I mean, honestly. Oh my God. I don't think I would have done it if Alex was here. <laughs> honestly, Alex doesn't say much, let alone. <laughs> he honestly would have become mute. <laughs> 
because what I think. No, but what, anyway, it's, no, but it, I just agree. Say, it's a bit like yeah. you know, that's not really my vibe. I just want to be funny. Yeah, but I'm you saying. are funny. But I want to say just one more thing is that the, the thing with these things, right, is what happens, and especially someone like yourself, is that you use humor to get through it. But maybe isn't that the healthiest way to do stuff? No, it definitely isn't with with in in some ways. But you know, it's funny. Like, sorry, I just need to burp. <laughs> <laughs> just diet coke sorry to the person who's listening to my it's really up close and personal to my digestion um yeah i keep having like uh even when i'm really vulnerable i'm i'm not actually like like <laughs> people always say to me like for example men like a man i was dating briefly like at some point i won't pinpoint it because i don't want him to know that oh, I'm talking he about knows. him <laughs> yeah, yeah. he knows who it is yeah but <laughs> It said to me, I f like sometimes it's quite confusing because you're so direct that like when you're talking about like serious stuff, you're I can't tell if you're joking or if you're like or he, he That's basically. That's what I was alluding to almost. Yeah, yeah he basically yeah. said to me that like he, my tone is kind of confusing because like, oh sorry, it's another burp. <laughs> it's such a bad idea to drink a diet coke while we're doing this. While doing a serious bit. <laughs> But, but yeah, I think, tone, it, but, yeah. but anyway, and then and then like people that I work with sometimes are like, you know, in terms of like work that I'm doing, are like, you know, like it'd be great if you could just like show your vulnerable side. And I'm like, I am showing it. I'm just talking in the same tone of voice that I do yeah. with everything else. I'm not crying. Do you know but what I, I mean? Think, I think it's easy to tell with you when you're being vulnerable, and and you, when you are being vulnerable, you're being funny, which is fine. That's yeah, a, that's yeah. A good, that's well, a good, it's you're, you're nuanced. Not, like yeah. that's the point. Like. This is what's so, uh, this is what we just, we lose all the time. It's like, you can be all of those things. Yes. And it, it just doesn't matter. Oh my God, dude, wait, uh, this is my thing. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where I, 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 with pro, it's like talking about like anxiety or whatever. There's this whole way that when you're meant to talk, and we've experienced anxiety, so, so we can talk about it. Well, you know, anyone can talk about it. But I do it like you do it. We do it in a, in a funny way. And that doesn't downplay the seriousness no. of it. It's just a way of dealing with it. Why do we have to sit and be dark and gloomy about things? You know, why do we have to do that? Because also that's just not really who you are. No, I mean, it's, it's like, not. It's not your personality. No, and, and, and sometimes people feel like they have to swap into different characters almost when they're talking about different yes. things. Uh, but I think, you know, in a way, this is what's so cool about like today is that it's like people like me and you were such pioneers. Like we just sort of... <laughs> <laughs> Can we clip that bit up, please? <laughs> Such I mean, you were like the first. Yeah, yeah, to, you to be to fair, people are throwing me in the mix with Shackleton. <laughs> <laughs> you were like the first to talk about mental health. Am I, am I correct in saying that? Like, I think I tell it you was what I, you. I tell you what I, I did do that. Amongst my friends, I was the first person to start talking about it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, And also, I've said this to you before, and I really mean this, but like, for a man in the public eye and a young man and like, cause you've done what you've been doing and you've got such a young audience. It's so important. And you doing what you did and talking about your mental health so openly at the time you did and thereafter, it really is incredible. Like I salute you for it. And I'm not mm. just saying that, um, you know, to like make you feel more no. comfortable after everything we've been talking about. Um. <laughs> Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. No, but seriously. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, it's I really, do. It's really, really necessary. I, I absolutely think it is. And... I still they do. I have like sometimes like I don't think I've I, like I I went through for example I don't think I've actually ever said this in this podcast. I went through a period uh, in lockdown when um, actually I think I, I think I spoke to you about um, I went through a period in lockdown when I took like anti anxiety stuff like medication basically and I never I, I still I don't think I spoke about this but I've never spoken about it still and still I feel a bit of shame within me for talking about it bizarrely. It's so really it's, interesting. I know, and I don't know why. But you know, so I many people are like that. Like, because so I've been on Citalopram for so long now. I know, and you I, told and me I, so I never. Want, I, I, honestly, I'm like, whatever. It's going to take years of my life, even though it isn't. But like, I don't care. I'll take it for as long as I need to, because you know, I've just my life's been so much better since. But I have so many friends like you. Is that who, Ciprolex? Is that the same as Ciprolex? No, Ciprolex is more. I don't know. We'd have to Google it. Citalopram is an antidepressant. But for my dose, it's for anxiety, basically, because I don't have depression. Yeah. Um. But it's really interesting. That's the most yeah. sort of, it's one of the last stigmas around mental health is so why weird. people are so ashamed of taking a pill that makes your life better. I mean, so it's like weird. if you were run down, you'd have like a vitamin C yeah. capsule, like the fizzy thing or whatever, Barocca. Hashtag ad. Um, mm. But why don't you do that with your mental health? It's so weird. I don't know. I don't know because I think it's the... Why is it? Uh, when I started taking it and I took it for a few months... Uh, Did you think it helped? Oh, my God. Okay, I saw something that Jordan Peterson, and whether or not you agree with someone, I don't know, but like I saw this thing once, and I think I've said it on podcast before. He said... Uh, people talk about the, the side effects to antidepressants, anti-anxiety, whatever you want to call it, the different things. Um, uh, but the side effect of depression is suicide. So why wouldn't you take yeah, exactly. these freaking pills? Fucking take them. Anything. And I, uh, when I first started having like this panic attack when I was like 22 and all these things, I was offered medication all the time. And I said, no, 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 not, I would, I, no, I'm not taking it. I would not take it. And I wish I had taken it because it would have helped a lot more. And then when I went through a serious bout of like burnout, I don't know what was going on, but it was pretty funky. Um, I took, I finally gave in because I honestly, I went into, I've actually never said this before. I had serious burnout, right? It was terrible. Like, I don't know if it was burnout mixed between doing reality TV 10 years or whatever mm. it was, but I went through a real shit time. And if you gave me an hour, I could, it wouldn't be enough time to talk about what it was, but it was pretty horrendous. And I rejected, rejected, rejected. And it was when I was first dating Sophie 
And I realized that if I didn't help myself, I would lose her. Mm. So I went into the therapist I was seeing, and I said, I just, I just, shit, I don't know what's going on. And she said, just please take this pill. Just try it, just take this pill. Just do it, just do it. And I went, okay, fine, I'll do it. It was like the lights came on that moment. I don't know if it was uh, subconsciously or mm. whatever it was, but it completely saved me. My problem was, is that I then felt shame because it made me, it, it f was a bit funky with my like weight a little bit and all this kind of stuff, which fine, whatever, but it did that to me. And and, and were you telling people you were on no, it? Told, no, I told no one. The only person who knew was uh, Sophie and my mum. Wow. Only two people in the world. Didn't tell anyone. No That's one. So I don't think anyone knew that. Yeah, it's so weird. What is that shame? And then the only time, the only other person I've told recently is I went on Roman Kemp's podcast. I don't think it's actually out. And I watched his documentary. And mm, in the documentary, amazing. amazing. Yeah. And there was a moment in the documentary where obviously it wasn't produced. And he suddenly has said, oh, I take this pill. And he takes uh, Cetraline. Mm -hmm. He's done it since he was 16 mm -hmm. or whatever. And I said to him, oh, by the way, I saw that. I thought it was amazing. And by the way, I took an anti-anxiety pill because of whatever was going on. Um, but it's weird. It's a shameful thing. I don't get well, it. Well, but now you're talking about it. Yeah. And I think it's that normalization. Uh, totally. Which, because people need to know that these things actually really do help. I mean, mm. I think... There's a stigma because people are a bit like uh, paranoid about like pharmaceuticals and like these drugs, which is, you know, it's a bit like people with the vaccine and stuff. Like people are a bit wary of like what it does to your body. But uh, like I can vouch for the fact that since I've been on citalopram and like so many of my best friends like without medication just wouldn't be able to function. Mm. And I don't know. It's something I can't really can't relate to is if there is a thing that you can have that would change your day-to-day -day life, why the fuck do you not take it? I think it's honestly in the most unsort of um, sexist way. It's, I think it's a male thing. I think I, think I don't know because I've got a lot. I've got female friends who really female yeah, friends as well. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Maybe it's that. Yeah, but I, it probably is as well because, like, I mean, I've had boyfriends who won't even take a painkiller when they've like broken a bone because <laughs> they're like, no, yeah. I don't need it. Yeah, but then <laughs> they will like yeah. take four grams of ketamine yeah. <laughs> like at night. But that's all right. Like, yeah, it's like, what is going on? But no, I do agree. I think it's definitely more extreme for men. But it's a really interesting thing because it's like I don't get it. And even Sophie used to say to me, she said. I used to say, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm, I, I'll come off the. She's like, I don't give a fuck. It's like, as long as you're okay, mm. I don't give whatever. I mean, I think you you weigh up, like, because mm. it does have side effects. Like, all of these medications have, like, side effects. Do you talk about this on your tour? Do you talk about these? What, so, uh, you're, so, so uh, in your show coming up, how many dates are you doing, by the way? I'm not sure how many dates I'm doing. I'm going, it's a month long, but I've got, like, sort of, 10 days off. So Are you excited? I'm so excited. I really am so excited. And it's you feel a week the today, good? my tour starts. The show is good. I mean, um, thanks for waking up the dog. Um, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's okay. You can go back to sleep. Go back to go sleep. Back to sleep. Um, it's, I'm really excited. The show, I did in Edinburgh, but I've slightly rewritten it. It's about my relationship with men. It's called a show about men slash a show about me. So like the N on the poster in the word men, sorry, is really small. So it looks like it's called a show about me, but then actually actually it's a show about men. Oh, it's hello, about, clever little it's, I know, oh, a, a wordsmith. <laughs> I know. God, that's unbelievable. <laughs> but <laughs> I know. No, I'm really clever. <laughs> when, you came yeah. up, when you came up with that, were you like, this is going to be amazing? 
sake. Yeah, it was me and Anna, Shara Anna, we were walking on the beach. <laughs> and I said what the, I'd already sort of written the show in my head. I knew what it was going to be about. And then we were talking about different titles. And I was like, oh my God. Then we said it and we were like, <gasps> and then it was great because then the branding is so easy. And then it's like a really easy opening for the show is sort of talking do about you, the title. Do you get to a bit in your show, which you know in your head, you're like, this is the really funny bit. This is like the really, really amazing bit. And you get really excited about it. There's, you know, there's like one bit, which I don't want to say because I, no, no. I can't give away my material, but there's one bit that's like... <laughs> that even you laugh. You're like, oh, it, but, but people are so disgusted <laughs> by what I say. Like it's pretty graphic. And then I have this joke that comes after it that like I have to stop because I can't actually... <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle it. <laughs> I, I really want to. I remember I did. We did it ages ago. I did a private parts tour, and we wrote this show and things like that. And I made a joke. And honestly, I don't know why every night I made a joke, which is basically me talking about taking a girl on a date and covering a chicken with different spices. And she said, "What spice is that?" And I went, "It's cumin." <laughs> she went, "She went cumin." And I went, "Yes, something I'll be doing tonight." <laughs> And no one laughed every time. No one ever laughed. And all I could hear was uh, my sound technician laughing from off stage because no one would ever laugh. Why did people not laugh? I don't, because obviously my timing was tossed. <laughs> I, I thought that was really it, good. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I sort of feel like it could be because you should pronounce cumin come in yeah, yeah yeah so it's like you're mispronouncing the word but you're also saying the word come i think when, it's really good when I, might, you're on, I might steal it yeah steal it <laughs> no, i'm joking i don't still try <laughs> when you're on stage though is it still the place where you feel just you love it mm. what is it about it that you love so much um well i love being watched <laughs> that's yeah. amazing um, I love make, making people laugh. I love being watched. <laughs> I love being the one that everyone's watching. I mean, sometimes people are like, do you want to come to this stand-up show with me? I'm like, no, I'm not on the bill. <laughs> Why would I come? Because <laughs> I just get jealous and I'm watching yeah. them do stand-up. I'm like, I want to be up there. Like, not because they're not good. It's just like, I'm jealous. Like, I want to be, mm. like, I love being on stage. Um, I love making people laugh. I just feel, it's like, I always describe it where... Before a show, like I'll be like, you know, I'm doing Ali Pali on my tour, right? Mm. And basically, before, do you know what that is? Which it's the the darts place. Yes, exactly. But yeah. it's like because I'm from North London, it's like a really big deal. Yeah. And it's like a, it's such a sick. It's where like the theatre is where like Jules Holland used to do like his show, and wow. it's just really cool. Anyway, I know, for instance, like the night before that, I'll have like chronic diarrhea because I'll be so nervous. I'll be like throwing up <laughs> that diarrhea. day. I won't be able to eat anything. The girls will be like, "You have to eat something." I'll be like, "No, I'm too nervous. I'll be being sick." shitting myself like that whole vibe you get I, nervous i for for shows like that i really out of control and wow. i'll and beforehand i'm like why the fuck do i do this why do i do this i hate this it's awful it's like, it's like why you, do i do this it's like you just want to be hit by a car and not then die you get, and so you don't have yes, to like do it but then you get on stage it's so weird so beforehand like i'll be like out of my body disassociating like i'm my palms in edinburgh every day when i was backstage every day i would send anna a message being like i think i've got cancer in my cheek or like I think I've got like polycystic ovaries because I'd be so anxious. I'd be convincing myself that I was dying and I couldn't go on stage. She'd be like, it's fine, you don't. I'd be like, just tell me I don't. She'd be like, you don't. I'd be like, thank you, I don't. And then I'd go on stage and then the second I get on stage, I'm like, 
I, I want to be here for the rest of my life and I never want to leave the set. But isn't that the reward, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that's the drug of it. The yeah. drug of it is the complete um, juxtaposition to your um, to what you're feeling five minutes before. Then exactly, you're on. it's crazy and though. And then when you leave the stage, and unless you've totally bombed, which you never do, is that you leave the stage and you go, God, I could have done that better. I would yeah, do yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I could have yeah. done that better. Oh but also God. it like flies by. Like yeah. I, I'll do a show that's like an hour and I'll be like, oh my God, I can't believe that's finished. It feels like about two minutes that I'm on stage. Mm. I it's... mean, hopefully people feel that when they're watching me, but I'm sure they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they're all like, oh. <laughs> yeah, let me get that. So wait, so, hungry. so you're doing so you're doing that many dates, and then you're, I mean, Jesus, this, this is everything that you wanted to do, yeah, which is just like insane, right? Yeah, I, I have a real. I, I was talking to a buddy the other day about stand up, and uh, I don't. I, I think you told you I've done stand up a couple of times, but for some reason, this yeah, like, and I always try and get you to do my shows. I, I re, I, I've got a real itch for it. The reason why I don't want to do anyone's shows is because I know the feeling before. It's the yes. most horrendous yes. feeling to go through knowing that you're about to go on stage and perform and oh my god but i've had a real itch recently of going back and doing it there's something like, i think you should yeah i, I don't think i'm i don't th I, I i think i'm funny like if i can talk but i don't think i'm a i don't think i have the confidence i don't think um I'm, i don't think i'm smart enough i think i think i, I don't think i am so so what what i, I don't know i'm not sure about that I don't. I, I. What do you think makes good comedy then? Well, exactly. It's it's so different person to person. I'm sure some comedians watch me and they're like, I don't really get what she, like. I, I don't think like my shows are like laced with jokes, like really funny one liners, mm. but they're like just really like revealing stories that I guess have like crescendos. Mm. I think everyone's different. I think because you're a good storyteller and you've got a funny energy. I do think you'd be a good stand-up. I've always said that. And I don't say that to many people. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to try and get you to do my show at Bush I Hall. know, but I was so nervous I to know. do it. So and once you call me and you're like, okay, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Oh, I'm on board. And God. then you're like, I can't do it. Oh. It's because of your anxiety. Get, get back on the medication. <laughs> I know, why you start taking it again? <laughs> Honestly, it felt lovely there. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> when I was on that medication, right, I remember, I remember like... This is what taught me that you could be silent in situations. Like every single situation I was in, I felt like I had to be really loud and talk. And then when I went on the medication, I would like stand next to people and I'd be like, I don't need to talk. <laughs> I was like, this is what it was like someone had like released these shackles from yes, me. Yes, because it's that overthinking, I think. It's oh, like, my you brain. know, w when I'm really anxious, I'll leave any situation and either be like, oh my God, I said too much, I didn't say enough, or were they like realizing that I was like, OCD and constantly like in my head, like thinking. Do you like, get OCD as mm, well? So I do this. I, I get it I, so bad. Yeah, I have this. Well, I don't. It doesn't happen as much now. But it's actually really hard to explain. Maybe you don't want to put this in the podcast. No, it's really complicated. Can we clip this bit up. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it really is so weird. But basically, like when I'm anxious, if you were talking to me. For every syllable that you're saying, my tongue is outlining each sides of my teeth for every syllable that you're saying. So you're talking to me and in my mouth, I'm like counting how many syllables are like in every like sentence that you're saying with the outside of my teeth. I mean, I told you it was really, it was really weird. It's not complicated at <laughs> all. I've done it since I was a child. Really? Yeah, to calm myself down when I'm anxious. Wow, that's like your kind of like trigger thing that you get. Mm. Where you, but the, but you've but interesting though though you've uh, labeled it as anxiety. So you just know it's you. Oh, I'm anxious at the moment. That's why I'm mm. doing it. That's a that for me is like a releasing thing. 
I would like have things where I'd get like a lump in my throat or whatever it was. Oh yeah. That that would be the worst. When I was young, I was like, I was like, I can't can't breathe. Yeah, no, like, no. Swa- I'm so scared I'm gonna swallow my tongue one day. <laughs> I'm convinced that's how I'm gonna die is from swallowing my tongue. <laughs> I once went to A and E for stage. a dry mouth. Do you not know this? <laughs> no, I once went to A and E because I had a dry mouth. Get out of here. And I waited at the Royal Free Hospital for like five hours. They obviously bumped me to the back of the queue because they were like, this girl's ridiculous, she's probably just a bit high. <laughs> And then I got taken down to the like urgent care, which is the like non, you know, threatening serious yeah. things. And I finally got seen by a doctor, and I was like, oh, I've just like had this dry mouth. I was out last night, and I just had this dry mouth, and I was out. And I think like it's maybe linked to my anxiety, but like it's so dry that I think I'm gonna swallow my tongue. And like I'm flying to New York tomorrow. Is there anything you can do? Because I really don't want to be on like a five-hour flight with like such a dry mouth. And then she how li- dry was it? It was really dry. Like I was going like like that, and it's like it's y- you know, and like. It was sticking, like it wasn't, like my lips weren't coming off. Um, <laughs> and then she literally turned to me and she was like, people like you are Ruining a drain country. on the NHS. Shut up! No yeah. way! Yeah, and she was so angry. And then I went and bought this like saline solution, which just like creates fake saliva and I would just spray it. And I used to carry it with me all the time. But it is anxiety. Of course it is. Yeah. You're not dying. No, I know, but when you've got a dry mouth, it's really scary. <laughs> it's not. It is scary. It's like, have you ever been so high that you're like, I'm going to swallow my tongue? No. Oh, okay. Well, Wait. Somebody hasn't not had enough fun. <laughs> you've lived such a boring life. Wait. What are you doing at the festival mean? in Devon? <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> Wait, you get so high that you so think high like... that I think I'm gonna swallow my tongue. Yeah, and like if Is if it? you eat anything, like even if it's something really moist, or like I drink water and it's like I can't even swallow the water. My mouth's so dry. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 oh my god, guys, you're too good. Hey, listen, where also um, where can we go and get your tickets for your show? Um, um, uh, uh, disgracecampbell.com is my website. I think going all over the UK and Ireland. Really? Yeah. Dude, this is insane. Yeah, you have to come. I would. Lo- when is your London date? So I've got. Uh, I've got now. three. Um, but come, you come to the second one at Clapham Grand, which is the eighteenth of March. Eighteenth of March. Mm. Okay, I'm gonna check it after this. I would love to. I think honestly, like I said before, you're one of the funniest people I know. Um, and and also, which I find like you're so confident, but you also are vulnerable at the same time. But people who meet you and chat to you would just think you're the most confident person in the world. Yeah, I know. It's really funny. It's like, but also men are so, men are. Um, Do men get intimidated by you? Well, um, I, I guess so in a way, but but it's it's actually not even that. It's like the, the amount that men overshare with me, like on a day. Yeah. Because I, because well, I overshare that it's, it's something that, <laughs> it's like it's like you know that thing that Prince Harry wrote in his book about when he had the frostbitten dick. Yeah. It's like I feel like every man I meet like loves to talk to me like really graphically like about like their penises or like how many like all men love to be like I'm so good in bed and I haven't even like asked them and we've never even like approached the fact that we're gonna You've get never with each other. Met I'm so good, <laughs> I'm so good at bed. I'm so good at bed. I'm so good in bed. Or like good I, at bed. I'm so good at bed. <laughs> I am fucking good at bed. <laughs> it's it's really interesting. I th- so I don't know if I'm in, I don't think I intimidate them as such. I think I make them want to like prove themselves in some ways, and they Do you like. Think that's what it is. Uh, talk. What what's it called talk, in boxing what, when where they, they keep jabbing, keep hitting? No, keep... you know when they do the the. Uh, you know, when, in boxing when they do that bit where they do the press conference, they yeah. shit talk each other. Yeah. There's a phrase for that. 
This is when you have to explain analogy. It's always good. <laughs> I'm trying to make this analogy work. No, but do you know what I mean. It's like when they talk in talking smack. Yeah. yeah. So I think they like they like to like rise to it and then they chat absolute shit. Basically. Do you know what's funny? But I, there, I've noticed this with men actually. I, I think I think the vulnerable side of things is that actually you're because you make people. Um, feel not judged which is a great thing to, to be it's, it's what i do as well to people so so then people share because they don't mm. feel like they're being judged men though i find i find this strange in some men uh, and i have a couple of friends who are like this they have this competitiveness in them like i don't I, like i have a friend of mine it was just quite weird where th- uh, he he's single and we were in this bar and bar <laughs> in America. <laughs> when do I go to a bar? I think a it was pub. like a, yeah, like a pub thing. <laughs> and this, anyway, he did this guy. You've like, really lived such a sheltered <laughs> life, <laughs> Jesus. And then basically, I was so high I couldn't <laughs> breathe. <laughs> and that's called a callback. <laughs> there, there we go. Just <laughs> testing my comedy skills. <laughs> anyway. She uh, she came over, he was chatting to her, and she made this joke about wanting to go to bed with this other guy, and she alluded to him. He couldn't handle the fact that she hadn't mentioned him. And I was like, dude, what? He goes but like- you, They had just met. Yeah, and he, and he was just like, oh, but you would obviously, you'd obviously want to come back to him. I was like, why are you getting like competitive? Oh my God. And I've noticed that a few times, but I'm so the opposite to that. Yes. I couldn't give Get a less. shit. But see, this is what's really interesting, right? So um, something I'm working on at the moment, we're talking a lot about sort of like dating and the kind of like etiquette of dating. And I'm so fine with if I'm on a date with someone and they talk about like someone they had sex with last week. I don't care. Like, I'm like, you don't owe me anything. Like, we're not in a relationship. I'm more than happy to talk about someone you shagged five days ago because that means that I can also do that. And then there's not this Mm. sort of uncomfortability of sometimes I overshare and then men are like, whoa, I don't want to know that. And it's like, I've just met you. Like, why are you acting like we're in a relationship? Like, Mm. I don't owe you anything. Um, but some of my friends have been like, that would completely put me off if a man spoke to me about like, you know, having. Yeah, why but is that's that though? really Well, I, I guess it's like possessiveness, which I get, but it's like, how can you be possessive? It's like that Someone situation. It's like, you don't even know the person. So like yeah. they, you, you have no ownership of who they can and can't get with. <laughs> yes, it's like, yeah, you do say, oh, I hooked up with this girl. Uh, so did you, how was that? It's like, just met. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, honestly, like on first dates, I'm like, so like, how many threesomes have you had? <laughs> no, I know. Honestly, I'm like, have you been to a sex party? <laughs> have you ever been to a sex party? So I've actually, um, such a good segue because I needed to, to promote this. Um, okay. I'm just made a documentary for Channel Four where I went Hello. to a sex party. What is a sex party like? It was, it was mental. Like honestly, big house in London. It was at a nightclub. First of all, it was at a huge nightclub. There were like 800 people there. That I'm, is like I'm the most joking. ridiculous orgy. It was like an anxiety attack. That's what it felt like. Oh, it was my. honestly, it was fucking mental. Hundred people. It was like an army. It was absolutely insane. I think I would. I How think. How did you get the cameras in? Sneakily. So we could. We had to film. We had a camera outside, and I would go out every twenty minutes and like talk about what was going on. Give me everything. And it's, give me everything. It's funny because like when you watch the progression. I mean, I can't give too much away. It's out in March. No, you've got to give me something, man. Like, what happens in a sex party? Tell me. Well, I mean, I it's like, like a, an orgy. I sound like, like a an orgy. Tell me yeah, what happens. <laughs> oh. well, it's like an orgy. <laughs> it's literally like fucking a mass orgy. I genuinely, like, I, and my friend, Anoni, who I went with, like, she said su- such a good thing. She was like, you know, we're, we talk about sex loads, but, like, 
you never see other people having sex. No. As much as you talk about sex, you never see other people having sex, right? On TV you do, but not like there and then in front of you. Is it weird? It's so weird. Because it, <laughs> like, it's, it's, like, it's like, it would be in a weird kind of way this weird. Like, it would be weird. It's like seeing someone murdered in front of you. It's like, <laughs> <we're>, it's, <laughs> sorry. That really shows no, like... No. <laughs> You Your know. relationship with sex, you just <laughs> compared it to murder. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you've seen sex on TV and porn, things like that. But then it's like, if, oh my God, this analogy. Oh, when they talk so smack to each other. What porn do you want? What no, porn do you, you know, want? If you, you see porn, you could you disassociate yourself with it? Yes. Same as you see yes. on, on yeah, movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're like right. That. You're right. So yeah. then when it happens in front of you, you're like, it's like, like oh, whoa. you, you know, on Netflix. It's like yeah. when you're watching that and you're seeing so many people being murdered, and you're like, God, it's so mad because that man is that man like walking around like the world like murdering people. Anyway, that's completely different. But you, no, but you know what I mean. Thing. I completely know what you mean. It's like you, when you're when it's right in front of you and you catch eye contact with someone like, yeah. doing it. I'm like, whoa. Do you yeah, know well, what I mean? Oh, this it's is like, a bit weird. Yeah, it's a bit like when my dog does a shit and I catch her eye contact i'm like do not look at me i don't want to look at you while you're yeah, you feel embarrassed for them yeah exactly so it was it was i mean listen it's it was really interesting are people just doing are they ever naked yeah 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 wearing masks um no at the beginning they were and then people just go everyone on viagra and everything must be i think so and you just i mean swap? surely yes they just swap uh, yeah that is like disease hell yeah, I think they I think they were using condoms. I was watching. <laughs> oh. I was watching. But it, it, anything really weird you saw, you probably can't say. Well, I mean, yeah, the the weirdest thing I saw was like a, a sort of an I can't tell you how Human many centipedes. people, but a huge amount of people ha all having sex at once. You know, it, dozens. What like yeah. 50? Yeah, I would say potentially more. All on the floor next to each other. On like a bed. Oh my god! I would just be fascinated. It was, and it was fascinating. And Channel so, and Four, I found can you it... ask me to do a documentary with Grace where we're going to <laughs> sex party? Yes. Would... Oh my god! Because that's what I really want to go to let's... Berlin. So there's there's one. Let's let's, let's honestly manifest together. that because I um I can't I can't actually say who told me this, but it was a really big celebrity. I can't name drop though because it would be indiscreet of me. Told me that they were once at Bergheim, and there's a guy at Bergheim who you pee on, yeah. You pee on. I've been to Bergheim, yeah. Did you see him? He, and then apparently the, he gets up at the end, and then like puts on his suit and goes to work. Yeah, he's in, in the, the urinal below you. Yeah, and he he talks to you. I've been. To, I've talked about my time in Bergheim. No, tell me. I went to Bergheim. Oh my god. I've been to Bergheim a couple of times. Don't worry about it. Wow. Yeah, uh, party over here. <laughs> <laughs> and you're redeeming yourself. Okay. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and I was really high. <laughs> no. So was it like first? First of all, was it a struggle to get in? It was a big struggle to get in. There was a guy who's called the. He's like called the Wolf. When he was on the front door, and I went when I was uh, 19 years old at the time. Uh, it wasn't actually that much of a struggle. We didn't say anything. I was just looked a bit nervous and scared. I think he was like, oh, whatever this. Uh huh. Kid. Um, it was a pretty full-on experience, and I went another time on New Year's about four years ago. Wow! Yeah, it was pretty insane, and that's when that's when the P right. guy was there. But, uh, but there are people like having sex within well, vision, or are they in like rooms? So I was talking to a Swedish guy who was sitting next to me. And this, there was a girl hugging him, and I was like talking to him for ages. Anyway, then after like, half an hour, I looked down, and he was, they were just naked, I, like, and they were shagging each other. And I was what like, "What were you talking I to was him?" Just talking to him, and I was like. 
and he would like give me a weird like wink. Oh and I my was like, god, that's so fucking yeah, hilarious! And then he took me to a thing called the dark room, and I was like, "What's this?" And he goes, and you go through these things, which I only describe looking like, uh, you know, if you go into like a butcher's and it has like those plastic, it's like the wheels in there. There were lockers on the left hand side, and I said, "So you'd put all your stuff you in put there." Put your stuff there, and I said, "Well, what's in there?" And it was just a dark room. He said, "Oh." And he got naked and he said, oh, you just go in there and shag the first thing you find. And I went, oh my God. And I didn't go in. No. Or did I? <laughs> I didn't go in. I did not go in. Sounds like he was trying to get you in there. <laughs> I think <laughs> I would have been the first thing that anyone would have grabbed and I would have honestly not. A hundred percent. I would have not been up a Fresh fight. Fresh meat. <laughs> yeah. Like 50 people on me. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. I would love to do. Let's, yeah, uh, let's... yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to go to sex parties all, all over the world because I feel like, first of all, they're different. What what was interesting about this one? I, I want to go to more ones in England as a sort of, uh, what's the word? Voyeur. Um, but what was interesting is there was something inherently quite British about it. Where like really? at the beginning, it was a bit like awkward. Oh, hello, and kind yeah. of like, yeah, yeah. It was like, and it was just sort of. And then one person starts doing and it. And then it's it? like one person starts and suddenly it's sort of everybody like. It's like feels, a food fight. Yeah, exactly. It really oh, is like gonna that. Who's going to be the first to throw? Who's going to be the first to throw? Yes, and exactly. Then... It's like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, but then I wonder like in Europe how that would change. Because I feel like in like. France, where I spend quite a lot of time, like they are so uninhibited in that sense that oh I feel like God. it would just be much cooler. Oh my God. Anyway, I, let's do that. I would, please say the channel yeah, 4. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please yeah. say well, to them. You, you, you've got much more connection I, I might there send than a I. message. I, I might send a message to uh, my friends. Send a message to the channel. <laughs> yeah, to the channel. That's what happens. <laughs> to the <it>? guards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just send a message to channel 4. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, Grace, I just want to say um, that's the end of our. <laughs> Very abrupt. <laughs> God. Well, that's how I like to end sex. <laughs> I can't believe you compared sex to murder. Yeah, yeah, that's and then I... a sex party to a food fight. <laughs> Your analogies were just as bad. I know. Throughout. Hey, and now you're And now up. Eddie's up. Hey, um, I want to say, I, I'm going to come watch you on tour. That's going to be so cool. I can't wait. We're going to get your tickets. You can also go to your Instagram. I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go to my Instagram. Go to Grace's bio. Instagram. We're going to leave all the link below. Um, yeah, great. I just want to say I, I love you. I truly love do. You. You're a freaking buddy of mine, even though I'm the loser who doesn't get in contact with you most. And you're just epic. Feelings mutual. <laughs> that did not sound uh, <laughs> as confident as mine. No, it is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. What? I'm being for real. That guy was right. I love you. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to cry. Uh, thanks, dude. Hey, listen, thank you so much. Will you come back on again soon? Oh, absolutely. Hey, have a hoot. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll speak to you later. Bye. <laughs> Bye. That's so good. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.